Well, it's good to be in God's house, isn't it? Thank you, uh, musicians, singers. And uh, we need a bit more joy in this, um, Heather. We've got another tablet. <laughs> I'm snorting. Okay. I was just saying to a couple of people there before that uh, this will probably be my last time here for a while. I'll get this up a bit higher. Um, Jeanette and I are heading back to the East Coast at the end of the year. And uh, it's that time in life when parents need us more. And so we're heading back to the uh, Gold Coast area, we think. It's all in the air. I don't know what God's got for me. <laughs> but that's, that's part of life, isn't it? You never know what, what's around the next corner. So, uh, yeah, I've been going through a grieving process for a while because we've loved living here in Perth. Beautiful climate, beautiful people, great team of people to work with in the office. And uh, we've certainly loved the four years that we've had here. But uh, sadly, yeah, that, that chapter's ending. And uh, there's been a, a new ministerial secretary and personal ministries director because they're, they're combined at the moment. Um, ben Reynolds, uh, he's working up there at Geraldton Church at the moment. So he's coming into the office uh, as of next year and will be continuing the ministerial role and working with the discipleship ministry team that, that functions as a, as a team in the office now rather than all of those little silos that do all their own thing. We're trying to bring everything together and, and make mission and discipleship the centre of everything that we do and uh, coordinate that. So that's, that's what's happening in our world at the moment. And uh, yeah, it's sad in a lot of ways. But uh, I don't know what God's got for us and that may be exciting. I'm looking forward to it. He always has something better to go to, doesn't he? Now, I'm uh, just looking at the time. We're a quarter two. So I'm thinking let's uh, get to our passage today. It's only four verses, so it won't take long to read that, will it? What do you think? Philippians 4. Philippians 4. If you've got a Bible, it's going to go up on the screen anyway, but if you've got a, a Bible, I want you to follow it along. Um, I'm not going to preach to you today, okay? Um, we're just going to let the Bible speak to us. Can we do that? And it's a very familiar passage. In fact, it was in our lesson study not so long ago. And they missed out verse 8. I was furious. Um, so we're going to do verse 8. Because um, someone put a chapter break in there. And I didn't like it myself. So uh, I think it's part of what Paul is trying to say. By the way, these uh, beautiful plants here, what are they, proteas? Have I got it right? Are they proteas? I was standing here before looking at them, I think, what a beautiful creation. And I noticed there's some more out the front. Praise God. Beautiful flowers in the church. Okay, let's, uh, let's pray over this passage. Can we do that before we dig in? Father, we're in this place because you've called us we thank you for your spirit who has spoken to our hearts this morning, invited us to come together in a community of love.
fellowship and grace. Father, we love you. We want you to speak to us through the words of Paul. Thank you for the inspiration that you've given that guy. He recorded these words so long ago, but boy, they ring true today. Holy Spirit, make these words come alive and be relevant in our day, in our world, in our circumstance. This week, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Now, I'm, I'm going to get you guys to, to help me here, so I'm going, to, I'm going to go down the front here. Is that all right? I don't want to stand up here. It sound, sounds and looks like I'm preaching. But this, this is more of a Bible study, and I want these, uh, these verses to come alive. I'll get my drink because I'm quite thirsty. Okay, would someone like to read out those four verses, and then we're going to... Pull them apart piece by piece. Heather's got a microphone here so that we can all hear it. Anyone? Doesn't matter which version. I think it's the NIV that's going to go up onto the screen. Four to eight. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Very good. That was the New King James. It matches mine. <laughs> good passage. Heard it before. Trusted in it before. We're going to pull it apart. I, I have this uh, crazy idea of looking at the words, and I was taught this some time ago by a good friend of mine, George Munoz. He was the, uh, the head of the uh, Australian church for some time, and his first church was uh, looking after me because I was a teacher at that time, and we worked in um, a situation where he was my mentor, and and I was planting a church, and so we had many late nights talking about things. George is one of those really good communicators, and, and he talks a lot. But one of the things he left with me is to be able to read the Bible and have the words leap off the pages at me and find meaning in the way that they're written. And oftentimes, particularly when you read the book of Genesis, um, words are very carefully put together by the authors and they have implications right the way through the Bible and, and, and I think when, when we start to dig into the Bible like that we get far more meaning out of it and I hope we do today in this passage. But you can read that and there's a beautiful surface message but when you dig down into it you realise that this verse has got very, very good um, principles to live by day by day as, as we confront things. Now I want to talk about 
worry first before we get into the words and you know really zero in and slow everything down and this this is an important part of this whole process is you have to slow it down look at the words ask the questions the right questions about those words and and God will, will you know it'll be a fountain a, a spring of living water that will come out of those those passages. But first of all, where's all the warriors in this church? If you're a warrior, put your hand up. <laughs> Some people tend to worry more, and you know why? Because it works. Because most of what you worry about doesn't happen. So it works. That's what I tell my mum anyway. She's she's a big worrier. She worries about everything. And then when you're talking to her on the phone, she says, oh, well, I'm glad everything's going okay. That's one less thing I have to worry about. And I'll go, well, it's working, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, at least for me. Um, so we're, we're all worriers, aren't we? We get anxious about things. Um, you know, when, whenever we have to do anything, we get a little bit anxious, don't we? Um, when circumstances aren't going our way, Jeanette and I are feeling a little bit anxious at the moment. You know, we don't know where we're going. How are we going to fit in everything between now and the 16th of December when our, our furniture's going and our house has got to be empty? And we've got so many things I've got to campaign on before that. So there's a lot of things happening. And it makes us anxious. But one thing God has taught me is, is this passage means something in those moments when we're feeling anxious about something. And I want you to think about your week your life right now what concerns you are you doing it alone is it your health is it the financial bills um, your work your workmates you got problems at work your spiritual relationship sometimes that can worry us what is it that you're worried about right now because this passage is for us. And I don't know anybody that has no worries at the moment. <laughs> There's always something, isn't there? Um, we live in a very unfair world. There may be not things that we've done. It may, it may be, you know, sin's a hand grenade. It's going to blast us from other sides, other choices that people are making. Um, we've all got issues. We've all got struggles. We live in a war zone. It's a war zone between good and evil. And every one of us have something to worry about. And sometimes it's something that hasn't happened yet, but we still worry about it. This passage says what we're to do with that. And this, this stuff comes up every day. We're anxious about lots of things every day. But what do we do with it? The first thing Paul says is what? I want, I want you to talk back today, all right? We're doing a, a lesson study. What does Paul say? What's his first, first words? It should be on the screen. Let's, let's go with that. Um. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Yeah. Um, rejoice in the Lord always. We've got to go slow, see? Rejoice in the Lord always. 
What picture are you getting in your mind? Is it some, someone that walks around all day going, Hallelujah, praise the Lord, Hallelujah, what a glorified, glorified day, you know? Is it someone that does that? How do you rejoice in the Lord always? And he says it again, just to make the point. What's someone look like that? Like that? Has anybody got some comments? Um, because you know we we can we can think: Is this a happy, clappy type person that just runs around saying, you know, what was supposed to be said, and really deep down there? You know, they're, they're in turmoil like a duck on the water, you know, the legs are going like this underneath, but they seem all calm on the surface. What kind of person is this? Hmm? Who is that one that is always with us? Jesus Christ. Jesus is with us. So rejoicing in the Lord is a bit different to just rejoicing. Can we say that? So rejoicing in the Lord is its own internal thing, isn't it? Now, we're going to see as we go um, that there's a depth to every one of these things that we're talking about. So rejoicing in the Lord, and again I say rejoice, and you go, well, why? Why is he saying that? Why should we rejoice? And you know what? We haven't got much to base that on, have we? It just says to rejoice in the Lord. And we know the Lord is a pretty, pretty precious thing when it comes to life. And so we have to ask the question, why? Why, Paul? Why are you telling us to rejoice in the Lord always? So does that mean some days we can actually get grumpy and say negative things and whinge and whine a little bit? Is, is it to take the focus off us and back onto God? I like that. Do you like that? It's about looking out. And we're going to see that come out as we go through. Take the focus off me. So... Whinging and whining, is that going to happen? It says always. <laughs> I can get negative sometimes about things. Sometimes that's not good for us. We might slip into that zone for a little bit, but you've got to slip out of it real fast. Otherwise it'll drag you down. You know, you'll, you'll get this cloudy thing <laughs> over your head. And the bubbles disappear. So I'm sure God understands. Paul understands, you know. He, he probably got down in the dumps a little bit too. He was flogged and whipped and thrown in prison and you name it. He lists off a lot of things. But he wasn't going to stay there because his focus was always outward. His focus was on in the Lord. Now we're going to see that there's a depth to this rejoicing that we haven't really got to. So rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. Next verse. Let's get to number two. 
let your gentleness. And we've got lots of words there. What are some of the words? It's not just gentleness, that's the King James. Has anybody got something else? Look in your Bible, on your phone, iPad. Hmm? Sorry? Your reasonableness. Any other words? Let people see that you're considerate. Gentleness. There's a few more words in this passage. Anybody? Hmm? Peace. Let your peace. So there's, there's, a, there's a depth to what this rejoicing is going to look like that is expressed in this, this verse. What is it? What would you say Paul is saying? Let your gentleness, considerateness, joy, he's already talked about that, be what? Known. To your friends only? To all, to everybody. All right, so there's, there's some depth when we say that we are to rejoice in the Lord, always rejoice. It's such a deep and personal and powerful rejoicing that's going on in our heart that who sees it? Everyone. Now we're going to come back to this because this is a testimony when we can look outside ourselves and rejoice in the Lord always, then something is going to happen to us and it's not just on the inside because people don't see that. That's the duck. Right? They want to see the duck and the feet and see that there's absolute turmoil going in our life but there's something else that's exciting and they're reading that and they're going... That's weird. What makes this person tick? This is a depth to the joy that Jesus brings when we trust in him, when we're looking to him. And it's so evident, and I think one of the versions say that, doesn't it? Let your gentleness be known. One, one version says, let it be evident. This is the evidence that God is with us, that he is continuously with us. The Lord is at hand, it says. So what's that bit mean? That the Lord is at hand. Hmm? He's coming soon. What if he's already here? I think there's, there's both elements in this part. And I'm just trying to speed it up here a little bit. But the, the, the joy of the Lord is based in his soon coming. But his presence here now. Does that make sense? Yeah. It is God. Yeah, and you know, we're, we're reading from the same book. And by the way, Paul's in prison when he's writing this. And it's such a joyful verse. Just underline how much joy is written in this book of, of Philippians. 
Now, the Philippians church was, was Paul's first church that he raised up in Macedonia. Remember when God called him over to Macedonia? This is the first church. And uh, he's in prison and he's writing to his friends back in Philippi, hang in there, rejoice. Because at that point there was lots of troubles. There was only one God and that was the emperor. To worship any other God was quite dangerous. And to express that in public was dangerous, but they could do it without words, couldn't they? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let it be known to all of those around you. Not just some, all. Wherever you go, when you're going to work, in the privacy of your own home and your family, do they see that rejoicement? Being calm in the knowledge that Jesus is there. Sure, we cannot do it ourselves. It has to be God that does it. This is the same book. I got, <laughs> I got way, way laid back then. Um, this is the same book Paul says in, in what is it, chapter 2, verse 13. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So this is God's work in us. And so when we have a friend in Jesus, Jesus is in our hearts, we rejoice to the point where people see it. The evidence is there. Now here's the nuts and bolts of it. Verse 6. Let's go to verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. Or what about some of the little things? Can I take them on board? <laughs> Be anxious for nothing. There's this relationship here, isn't there? But in everything, not just the big things, in everything, by prayer and supplication. You know, we have this beautiful communication with God that's available without words. Sometimes it can be the heart's expression to God in whatever moment. And God hears it, this beautiful gift that God has given to us to talk to him at any time. Prayer and supplication. So what are supplications? Requests. Requests. Yeah. And he says that a bit further. Let your requests be made known to God. You know, oftentimes people will come and talk to me and, you know, um, they'll say, look, I, I, I don't know what to do here. And I'll say, well, have you talked to God about it? Maybe we should do that first. Oftentimes we need to make decisions without including God. And God goes, well, I could tell you, but I'm not going to bust into your life and gate crash your, your circumstances and do what I think's right without your invitation. So in this relationship with Jesus... He wants us to tell him everything. Does he already know? <laughs> so what does he want us to talk about it? It is a relationship. And you know what? It's as nice as just saying, God, you know what I'm feeling about this. You know, God come looking for Adam and Eve. They felt guilty. They knew they did the wrong thing. It was evident. 
They had to make these grass or fig leaf clothes to cover their nakedness. They, they knew they'd done wrong. Exactly what God said happened. And he comes and he doesn't say, yeah, I already know. What's he say? Where are you? Who told you? What's he doing? He's creating an opportunity for communication, for relationship to be restored. And part of that is admitting our faults, admitting our issues, admitting, admitting those things that worry us and undermine God being God in our life. Have you ever thought of it like that? When you worry, you're saying, God, I want to take your responsibility on. I don't need you. Wow, that's tough, isn't it? Jesus is out in a storm. What's he doing? Is he worrying in the front of the boat there? He's asleep. Disciples wake him up. They're used to storms. They're used to rowing hard and depending upon themselves to get them back home. But Jesus, no. He's just sleeping. They have to wake him up. Why? Because God was running his life. He was organising everything around him. It was a relationship of trust. You see in this verse, these verses, there is so much more depth to the words that are written on the surface be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. We can't miss that word. What does that mean? What for? What are we thankful for? God is near. We just read that. God is coming. He will take care of the situation. Now, how many times are we over and over again saying to God, can you do this, can you do this, can you do this, and never once thank him that he's already worked on it? You know, God doesn't get his own way either sometimes. <laughs> it may take time. It may mean that he's got to bring a few things together, and that involves people's choices. It's like a couple when they're fighting, you know. God can work on one, but what about the other? do they want to be led by God? And sometimes you have to wait. Let God do his thing in his time without violating choice. But how many times do we ask God for things and not recognise that he has already responded? Jesus told the parable that God answers us speedily. We don't have to wear him out. He heard us the first time. But we tend to worry and so we bring it up again and again and again and that's okay. Persistence is also said in the Bible. But God wants us to trust that he's heard us, that he's working on it. All of the resources of heaven are ours. Can you imagine that? He loves us with an everlasting love. And will never leave us nor forsake us this morning. He's always there. And he's working on it. And when we pray for something, thank him that he's already doing it. Guess what? He already knew about it before we even asked. Is that easy to do? 
sometimes we have to understand the loving heart of God to be able to say, thank you, God. You got this. You got this. And he will catch you. I can't help but think of my, my son when he was a little tacker. Blonde hair like his mother. Really white. <laughs> I can still see him in the playground standing up on this piece of apparatus saying, you got me, Dad. So he wanted to jump. And I said, yeah, jump. And he jumped. Guess what? Dad caught him. We have to see God as that kind of God that when we jump and when we take leaps of faith, God will catch us. He already has a plan. He has a heart to love us and to never fail us. Then we can pray about anything and everything with thanksgiving. All the time. So true. Beautiful passage, isn't it? What follows is incredible. What follows? Next verse. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. What did we say about that evidence earlier on? That joy... In the Lord, that joyfulness that we experience in our life that can be seen by others, by everybody. What are they asking? Because there's a peace that comes upon you that's beyond understanding. Theirs as well, by the way. They're going, how come this guy can be so calm in the midst of a storm? Just like Jesus at the front of the boat. See, it's beyond any understanding. It surpasses understanding that we can have peace of God. It's not our peace. It's the peace of God that fills us. Because God is near. God is our friend. He already knows and he will catch us. A beautiful passage. What do we do with worry? Well, we give it to God. We surrender it to God and we don't take it back. Sometimes we do, just keep surrendering it. Keep surrendering it. And the peace of God, that's beyond anybody's understanding. I don't know how you can survive this. But you soldier on, you trust in God and you have joy in your heart that I can't figure out. Is that a testimony? I want what you've got. And it will guard your hearts and your mind. See, we've slowed it down. Did you catch that bit? What's your hearts? The Bible talks about hearts and mind. It will guard your thinking. And it will guard your feelings. I don't know about you, but sometimes when you're anxious, your thinking goes a bit weird, doesn't it? You start thinking things that aren't even true sometimes. And you build these big scenarios up in your head about what could happen, what might happen. 
That's what worry is, by the way. <laughs> it works. No, it doesn't work. It makes us consumed by the things that are happening rather than looking at Jesus, who is our hope. It will guard your thinking and it will guard your feelings. Is that important? Hey, we operate from that stuff. I want God to look after my thinking and my feelings that I can be at peace and be able to express that to others. Now in my Bible I've got another heading but I want verse 8 because when you give up all the bad news most of that's at 6 o'clock at night <laughs> on the TV what, what, what do we do? We, we don't want to be empty vessels do we? So when we give up all of our worries and all of our deep you know, hurtful things that can drag us down what's Paul say? Finally Finally, now we're able to what? Brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, does that sound like good news? Yes. If there is any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate. They're not just fleeting thoughts. Meditate on the goodness of all that stuff, the promises of God, the reality of Jesus being in heaven and hearing our hearts, responding to every situation that goes on in our life. You know, the angels of heaven are going backwards and forwards doing the will of God, moment by moment. There's not a thing that happens in your life that God doesn't know and is ready and willing to be of service to you why because he's your heavenly father and I don't know what relationship you have with father but I certainly had a good one and so when I think about God as being a heavenly father I know that he loves me and will do anything and my dad used to do that he mightn't have given me a cuddle and kissed me on the forehead when I was a kid, but if we were in trouble, look out. Dad was always there and he would fix it. We used to call him Mr. Fix-It. God is always there. And we often laughed when my brother died at the age of 30. I was doing the same. I was driving so fast to get to the funeral, thinking I could fix it. Dad did exactly the same. He was in Cairns. Can you imagine? Cairns. And he had to get to Inverell, Western New South Wales. He did it in record time. But he got there and he couldn't fix it. He's firstborn. And there are circumstances sometimes in our life where the precious people in our lives are snatched away from us. 
because we live in a very unfair world. That's what I'm saying. This stuff's real life. We can't fix it. Only God can. And he can give us a peace that surpasses all understanding when we give things to God and say, God, you fix this. You've got it. And I trust you. Enable me to think about the goodness of your love and your kingdom and desire it deep in my heart that one day we will see each other face to face and have an eternity of good news. Eternity of relationship face to face. That's what we lost. And in the meantime, be anxious for nothing. Give it to God. He will fill your life with peace. So intense will be that peace that people will go, how are you dealing with this? We get through it. It hurts. We get through it. But we have God. You know, we may not get our own way, but we have God, and that's going to matter a lot in the end. Praise God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come to church today, but really we're just coming to you. We find others that are doing the same thing because we need you Father every one of us are anxious about lots of things in life and there are some times where life is going good we want to thank you for that but most of all Father we want to thank you for the times that we are anxious that things are way out of our control and we can just surrender them to you and know that Father you have them that you can fill our lives with peace because you are the Prince of Peace. We want your kind of peace in the midst of the storm of life. Father, we live in a war zone. We live in a very unfair world. There is so much that hurts people from time to time. It's not a matter of when or if, sorry, it's when. Father, grant us the kind of joy that's not just laughing out loud, but, Father, an inner peace, an inner contentment, an inner confidence that people can see that we've been with Jesus. Why? Because, Jesus, you are in us. Working out the miracle of love, working out the miracle of peace. Father, as we leave this place, may we leave with renewed confidence. Jesus, you are on our side. You are protecting us. You are answering us before we even ask. And fill our, love, our hearts with your love and thanksgiving, knowing that you're already acting. Bless us, Lord, in our family life, in our work life, our social life, in the friends that we keep. Father, may your blessing continue to be expressed through our lives on a day-to-day -day basis.
Fill us with your spirit because without you, we can do nothing. Lord, hold us tight. Never let us go. We thank you for that promise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.